In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab time is right now. My name's Drew Doherty. That's John Harris waving both hands, giving you 10 fingers at you. And John, that was a fun win over the Patriots. We're not really going to talk about it, though, because in just two days, less than two days, for most people watching or listening to this, the Texans are playing another football game. And here's what's on the table of contents. We've got one non-negotiable for the Texans where they must have if they want to win against the Lions. And then we're going on a trip down memory lane back to 2012, Thanksgiving Day, the last time the Texans were there in Detroit. And that was a that was a memorable, memorable experience. <laughs> yeah. For me, my one non-negotiable is this. I want to see more of the same defensively what we saw last Sunday as far as plugging up the run and attacking and, and getting there in time and then getting after the quarterback or just affecting the quarterback. Romeo Cornell talked about it earlier today. He said they didn't always get the sack on Sunday. They only had two sacks, but yeah. they had a lot of quarterback hits, I think eight total. And you combine the quarterback hits with J.J. getting four batted balls, plus I think Watkins had one and there was another one in there somewhere else. That's affecting the quarterback. Now, it's not a sack, but it's affecting the quarterback. That's about 10 plays just right there. Yep. Almost a dozen, really. Uh, where you are messing things up for them and making it a lot harder. That's what I want. That's what I need to see because the Lions can probably do some things running the football and you need to bottle that up and you need to get this win because if you do, hey, that's four on the season. You're getting closer and closer back to 500, Johnny. Yeah, the, it's interesting about this Lions crew because you know people obviously have been asking me the last couple of, couple of days, you know, what, do, what do you think of them? And I'm like, I, I don't. I don't know what to think. My gut tells me they're, they're not very good, but it's Thanksgiving. That's a game they play every year. So they're accustomed to this very short week play in the morning sort of thing. You know, look, when you play a Thursday night game, you get – it's a Thursday night game. You got all the way till 7 o'clock or 7.30. Meanwhile, you're going to be spinning pregame about 8.30, 9.30 maybe uh, locally there in Detroit. So. It's not a lot of time to recover, and the Texans came out of there banged up. But, Drew, defensively, you brought it up. To me, that was as complete a performance, I think, as you could get. Yeah, they got 300 and whatever yards passing. They got 100 of that on two plays, 250 Mm -hmm. yarders. So I thought, for the most part, if the secondary didn't bust and just stayed and read the zones, that, that really is where they, they kind of got in trouble is when they were playing zone. They are playing man, they're okay. When they are playing zone, that was the issue because then they'd start trying to pass off routes as you're supposed to in zone, and some guys were going with the wrong route. And it just, you know, Demir Bird had a couple catches where you're like, man, guys, come on now. What is this? Is this cover three? What coverage is this? Somebody's got to be there. We got to be better about this 10 games in. But that said, I felt like overall, you got really nice performances. You did get banged up. You lost PJ Hall, and that's a tough one because he'd been playing very well. Well, now he it's did. time for Ross Blacklock to take another step. Yeah, PJ had been one of those silver linings for you this year. You yes. haven't had many because you've already lost yep. seven games, but Tyrell Adams, uh, we talked about Pharaoh Brown, both of those guys yes. last week. 
PJ Hall definitely deserves to be in that conversation too. Yeah, no doubt. What I liked really about the front seven, Drew, was how everybody knew what their fit was supposed to be in the run game, and then they got to it, and then they were physical. And, and one of my keys last week, as I wrote in Know Your Foe with my keys to the game, was you have to out-physical the physical because the Patriots are going to try and pound it down your throat, and you better answer. And I felt like after the first drive, the Texans did. Now, the Lions, I don't think, are as physical. They don't run the ball nearly as well. But you have to make sure there is no run game. Because if you put it on Matt Stafford, and now you're bringing Reed and Lonnie and Murray and the linebackers, Stafford's not going to know what hit him. And I think that's going to, you're going to end up going, whoa, wait a second, man. Maybe this defense has something if it can stop the run and force teams to have to throw. Well, that's, that's not a bad position to be in. So that would be kind of nice. My, my non negotiable is no sacks. And I don't care who's that's playing. Hey, hey, that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. It just happened this last weekend, but that's the first time all season long Deshaun's not gotten sacked. But right. And I'm gonna but I'm gonna go on top of that. I say no sacks because whenever you face a team that doesn't rush the passer very well, you have to make sure that you're not all of a sudden giving up three and four sacks to blitzers and guys that normally don't get sacks because that charges up their defense. Yeah. It gets them going. It's one of those things, in a, you know, being a non-negotiable, I'm not saying, okay, you're right. No sacks. That's, that's a big deal. But you've got to make sure that it is no sacks because this is a defense that doesn't deserve them. They're not a good pass rushing team. Last week against PJ Walker, they had one sack, but the sack was for zero yards. Hmm. So they didn't create a negative pass play through the pass rush for PJ Walker. They had one, uh, one quarterback hit and one sack. That's it. And PJ Walker, for as good as he is, is not Deshaun Watson. So you keep Deshaun upright. It's a secondary that got torched by an XFL MVP. What can Deshaun Watson do? So it's a secondary that's banged up. Jeffrey Okuda has been banged up. It's not been great. They like to play man coverage. I don't think anybody can play man coverage against this receiving group. So if you don't get in long down and distance because Deshaun's not getting sacked, you should be able to spin it how you want it. Drew, I don't care if we have one rushing yard anymore the rest of the year. <laughs> don't care. I don't I mean, care. It's, it's just fun winning. Who cares if you balance yeah. offense out? Let's just win. That's what I we saw on Sunday. It was fine with me. I mean, it's it fine was, with you too. Yeah. I mean, the, the Lions run defense isn't that great. And I and throughout this year as I have the other years, it's like, okay, what, what can you exploit? Ooh, the Lions defense is not very good against the run. They're not great against the pass, not great against the run. You got to exploit the run. You know what? The Texans are what we are. They are a throwing team with dynamic talents at wide receiver, an incredible group of tight ends, and a pass-catching group of running backs. So go with it. Yeah. And if get, that's what you're going to be – passes, Get short yardage passes if you want to have the run. That, there's, your, there's your run. Get little well, offs to Kiki, to Duke for six – that's a, that's a hell of a good run if you get those. If I remember right, Drew, the very first play of the drive was 24-20 – and the Texans got the ball back after the Patriots had kicked the field goal. 
and you had to answer. You want a touchdown, and you should have had a touchdown later in that drive. Jordan Aikens gets yanked down. But if I remember correctly, and I'm double-checking and talking at the same time, so I can't do it like Seth Payne does, but I'm trying. But, yeah, the first play of that drive after they kicked the field goal was a pass, as I say in air quotes, out to the right to C.J. Procise for four yards. That'll work. That was just, it was just a long toss sweep. So if that's the way they're going to throw – they're going to run it, I don't care. I don't care if there's not a handoff. I don't care. I don't care if Deshaun Watson's the leading rusher for the rest of the year. I don't care. I don't think you can fix the run issues this year. You can't go in the offseason for sure, but you just can't next uh, this year, I don't think. So at that point, forget it. Screw yeah. it. Run, throw it. Throw it. Throw it. And this is a team you can throw it effectively as long as you don't give up any sacks to people that don't deserve it. And the Lions, with this pass rush, don't deserve it. Cool with me. All right. So do what you did on Sunday defensively against the Lions. That's mine. Or on, against the Patriots. That's mine. And yours is just keep throwing it. Yep. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. You don't need to run. You're not good at running, so don't run. You're great at passing. Let's do what you're yep. great at. All right. Uh, and let's go down memory lane now. Yeah. Okay. 2012, going into that game, the Texans were 9-1. and one. Two weeks prior, they'd beaten the Bears on Sunday Night Football in a yep. slugfest. The Bears were 7-1. and one. You were 7-1. and one. So three weeks earlier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Two 7-1 teams, you came out the victor. And their season went downhill right after that. Yes. So it was kind of one of those weird things. The Sunday before – Thanksgiving, you go deep into overtime and beat the Jaguars. It was a tough game, but yep. it's the Andre Johnson walk-off touchdown. So that was awesome. But what's not awesome is playing an overtime game and then flipping around and playing this Thursday morning game, which is what the Texans had to do. But they were 9-1. and one. They were playing on fumes. And for the first, you know, couple quarters, it showed. They were not very good. And, you know, you, if you go back and watch this game, John, and you and I have talked about this, I think, a couple years ago. You can start to see the slipping and yeah. kind of the foreshadowing of what was to come yes. with Matt Schaub. He yep. had a few passes that were – they should have been taken back to the house, but, yep. you know, a, a defensive back just flat dropped it. You know, it, it could have yep. been – this could have been a blowout by the Lions. But, I mean, that's ifs, buts, candidates. But you could start to see the, the cracks in the veneer, um, and knowing what we know now. Yep. So, prior to the game – I'm coming up in the elevator, and it's one of those big uh, cargo elevators that you can put lots yes. of stuff in. Yeah. There were, it was just people in this one, and I'm on the right wall, and there's a guy uh, leaning against the wall, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. In my mind, I'm thinking, that's Trent Green. He's calling the game today. That'll be a good oh, time. Uh, he's going to be the color commentator. Not thinking, well, no, it's, it's a Jim Nance. It's a CBS production, so he's not going to be calling him. But anyways, I thought Trent Green was in the elevator with me. And then on the other wall – kind of entertaining everybody and talking to uh, everyone in the elevator. And you know how I always say there's always a comedian in a crowded elevator? Yes. Yes. There literally, literally was a comedian in the crowded elevator. It was Tim Allen of Home and oh, wow. fame, of Toy Story fame. And he yeah. wasn't telling jokes, but he was talking. But yeah. it, it, my theory held. There, there was a comedian in the, in the crowded elevator. And I was like, that's really cool. Tim Allen and uh, Trent Green in the same elevator. So we go, <laughs> and uh, we go, I go to the press box. Pretty cool press box. It's one of those open air ones, so it's really yeah, yeah. loud. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to Nick Skirfield on my right, and Evan Koch. He used to do uh, media relations yeah. for us. Great job. He was on my left, 
And I don't know what Nick was doing, but they play the entrance music for the Texans to come out. Yeah. And <laughs> here we play Know Your Enemy by Green Day. Yeah. There, that day, they were playing the Spice Girls, Tell Me What You Want. So <laughs> Evan and I are just howling with laughter. I, I was like, that's clever. Touche. Way to go, yeah. Detroit Lions. I like that. That's funny stuff. So, you know, we're going along. And then in one of the breaks, I'm just kind of watching, you know, the broadcast. And they're coming out of the break. And you can see the uh, – the, you can't hear what Speed said, but you see the, the closed captioning. And it was like, this Wednesday on CBS, Jim Caviezel, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh, that wasn't Trent Green. That was Jim Caviezel, the guy that played oh, yeah. that, the yeah. Passion movie. He was in some other movie about golf. or I don't know, but he was coming up. So I was in the same elevator with Tim Allen and Jim Caviezel. You know what else he did? Huh? The NBA, NBA TV did a documentary on the Rockets. Do you remember uh-huh. that? It was a few years ago. They called Clutch City. And they interviewed all the, all the Rockets, Rudy, Rudy T., uh, Dream, mm-hmm. Kenny Smith, Vernon Maxwell. They interviewed all of them. Drexler, they interviewed everybody. A retrospective, like, tw- you know, 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jim Caviezel was the narrator for that, um, for that documentary. Don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I, I thought about that. sports fan. I think he's like a real yeah. sporty guy. So he probably figured out a way to, you know, wiggle his way to that. So good for, good for Jim Caviezel. Um, and then I'm almost done with my trip down memory lane, and I'll get to yours. Yeah. So they're losing. It, I, it did not look like the Texans were going to win that game because Calvin Johnson was at the height of his powers yep. and doing whatever he wanted. And then after the break, I don't know what changed, but the Texans kind of kept him from just blowing him out of the water. And then the, the, the first set touchdown run happened, which shouldn't have been a touchdown run. Yeah. Jim Schwartz threw the flag. Yeah. That meant couldn't review the play, touchdown. And I thought there was going to be a riot. Those fans were booing mercilessly. They were oh, throwing yeah. stuff on the field. It was a tense, tense situation. But it absolutely swung the momentum and got the Texans back into that game. Yep. Tie it up. I think each kicker missed a chance to win it in yeah. overtime. And then finally the Texans do win it deep into overtime. And I was at that point, I helped set up the live stream. So I was right outside the locker room as they're coming up the tunnel. And I've never, ever seen this, but it looked like the Texans had lost. Just judging by body language, by facial yeah. expressions, it was like, oh, that's clearly the team that lost. I knew they hadn't, but they, yeah. had, they were come up. They were exhausted. They played yeah. two and a half games in about yep. four or five days. They were wrecked. So that was a fun trip for me. I mean, I didn't play two and a half football games. Yeah. But I loved going to that. Had a lot of fun. And it was just one of those memorable Texans days for me. And by the end, when the sun set on Thanksgiving Day, the Houston Texans were 10 and one How about that. Wow. Imagine that could be four and seven, but uh, for this year, yeah, this, you know, at that time I was doing overnight national radio Yep. and I was doing it here in Houston and my wife said, look, can you, is there a possibility of getting away for Thanksgiving? And I said, well, I said, maybe I said we could leave Wednesday morning and spend the weekend and that basically would just mean two days of you know being away from the radio and then i could be back for sunday night and so like all right let's go and i said i said but one condition i said the texans are playing on thanksgiving i'd really like to watch it plus they're playing detroit and the city of detroit was one of my biggest affiliates mm-hmm. and so 
I felt like I, I mean, I needed to watch it kind of for both reasons. One of the Texans to win, but during that week leading up to it, I mean, the Detroit fans were just all over me because they knew I was a Houston fan. I lived in Houston, all that. So I'm watching that game and my wife was like that day. She's like, okay, it's fine. Just let me know when the game's over, you know, typical three hour game, you know, whatever this game goes into overtime. She keeps asking me, is it over yet? Like, no, is it over yet? No. I was like, you won't believe what happened. She doesn't want to hear it. It's Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, what happened? Like she waited for all these, all these different things are happening. And I'm like, Oh, and so finally she just had it. And so she took the kids out to the beach by the time overtime started. And so as overtime's happening, I'm like falling off the couch. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, Oh, and then finally Shane Graham hits that field goal. And I can, I, I, I can completely understand the feeling because I was sitting there on a couch exhausted. Yeah. So I can only imagine. And I knew, I, I just knew the last thing I remember saying to somebody, I think I went to the Jaguars game that Sunday, the Sunday before. And I just said, man, the last thing you can have is overtime today because then you got to play in that game. Oh, and I, I just think that, that those two games took so much out of them. And I, and I know people say, well, no, you got, you had the, the mini buy and then you had a whole week for the Patriots. Well, and- no, 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 no. So you had, you played Thanksgiving then a week from the next Sunday, you went up and you beat Tennessee pretty soundly. Oh yeah. Tennessee. Okay. Played them yeah. a week, yeah. you know, a week later. So you got to 11 and one before you actually, for the roof so, in on you. The thing about it is when you're just out of gas, you're out of gas. I feel like going up to new England, they were like that game. They just, they look, so they look exhausted still. And I think a lot, a lot, a large part of that was playing those two games in the span of five days. Mm. I mean, it was incredible. So game's over. I go back on the air on Sunday and I start my show. And my show started at midnight, my time, 1 a.m. Detroit time. And I start my show and I can see my, my bank of calls and I can only hold nine or 10. I think 10, I could hold 10. By the time I got to 1202, every line was taken, was filled, and they all had the same comment. Jim Schwartz, red flag, refs suck. <laughs> Lions should have won. Every comment was about that game within the first two minutes of me ba- being back on the air. And the rule got changed months yes, after that in the offseason. Yeah, largely changed. because of that call. Yeah. Yes, largely because of that call. And, you know, it happened – I think later in the year, Mike McCarthy did it, and you could see like five Packers staffers like try and dive on the field on the flag as if he didn't do it (laughs) for that same reason. It's just the reactive nature of it. And, man, you talk about hot. Holy cow. I mean, I'm just, of course, egging it on like, oh, well, you know, the the Texans would have won without it. You know, all this kind of stuff. And they're, I mean, they're just falling on it and just they're just going for it, and I'm just reeling them in. And I had the best time just having fun with them because my team won a big game and they won a controversial game and I was letting them have it. Um, but yeah, Destin, Florida, that game finished and I ran out to the beach and um, had some fun with the kids. And it was, uh, it was a really cool Thanksgiving memory back in 2012. And hopefully, hopefully it's another one on 2020. I'm with it. I'm from with you. Let's do it. All right, John, good stuff as always. And we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. So long.